Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hey, good afternoon out there all over Beeman, all over the world here at AM 1160. If you haven't got the app, get out there and download the AM60 app. It's out there on the Internet. You can download from uh, from your iPhone or onto uh, the uh, Google phone, you know. So um, here at Faith Marketplace, we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners, and with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. And boy, have I got one today. I'm Bob Lambert, again, the host of Faith Marketplace and also the founding partner of the Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies, and their teams advanced business development skills and training. What most of our clients report is they're having double or triple top-line revenue gains by coming through this program. So at Samurai, we say... We put the wind back in your sails, and boy, I want to tell you, I am so excited to bring on a guest that we've had on a couple times now, and um, he's back, a reoccurring guest. How about that? And I'm so thrilled to introduce you to Roy Goble. He's an author of Junkyard Wisdom Rebuilt. That's his newest book coming out. We're going to tell you all about that. Uh, He has um, also global companies. So he is out in Silicon Valley, all the way from Silicon Valley. We got him out here, I, you know. I don't know how he did that, but boy, he, he got up, you know, out there in Silicon Valley and decided to join us here in the Midwest. So now that we've sprung ahead in time, I lost another hour of my life, you know, this week. Hey, welcome, Roy. Hey, Bob. It's great to be back. Thanks for uh, inviting me to join you again. Yeah. Hey, listen, you, uh, you always continue to inspire me. You came up with a quote uh, that... Uh, I want you to to share with the audience, and what was the reason for this quote? What, what's behind this? Yeah, yeah. Um, the quote that I, I gave you comes from Proverbs 31. And so many of us think of Proverbs 31 as, you know, the, the wonderful woman or the wise woman or the perfect wife, whatever. But before that section of the chapter, there's a little sort of little antidote in there. And it's... Um, a little bit of advice for the king, who presumably would have been King Solomon. Um, but it's it, the, his mother is saying, hey, it's not for kings to drink wine. It's not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more. Now, I grew up in a Baptist church, so this passage always was in the <laughs> it was always in the context of, you know, don't be an alcoholic, don't drink. That, yeah, right. That kind of thing. Right. <laughs> but as I as I got older and studied it more carefully, I began to realize, you know, this this bit of advice is really great advice for a leader. Because what uh-huh. what this king's mother is, is telling him is, look, you have a responsibility here to make sure that those who are oppressed, who are perishing, who are suffering and anguish, have a reason to look forward to the future. 
And that's what the wine and beer is about. Now, you can definitely take a message out of this to say, hey, beware of alcohol. Right. I get that. Yeah. But there's also a message here about hope and the future and joy and about finding a way to give people um, something to celebrate. Yep. And I, re- I just really love that quote. It's a great image for me. Yeah, that is great. And, uh, you know, from your background, too, and we're going to get into it, I want the, I want the audience to really get refreshed as to, uh, you know, A, the book, because that's really very prominent in your background. But uh, before I do that, what are some of the key takeaways you want to, the folks to walk away with today from our, our talk? Well, um, you've already mentioned one of it. I laugh, but it's like, okay, well, key takeaway. Hey, how about going and buying my book? There you go. Um, but, <laughs> you know, that, that might be a little crass and commercial to start the, the mm-hmm. show with. Um, you know, I I want people to sense that there is a, a, a real purpose behind our wealth mm. and that we have a responsibility for that. Yep. You know what? I'm, I'm, I'm excited uh, to be with you today because I think there is a, a real responsibility that we sometimes just sort of slide away from. And, you know, the subtitle of the book I use is the phrase, the whisper of wealth. Mm. There's a temptation to kind of slide into this comfort zone. Right. Um, and the church often teaches us we have kind of a choice of either be entirely committed to wealth creation because you can change and influence the world that way, or to go sort of more the Mother Teresa way and just say, reject wealth and live with the poor. Right. And I don't think that's quite right for most of us. I think mm. most of us live in the middle way of struggle and tension and wrestling with wealth. Right. And um, that I would love for people to walk away with that kind of feeling. Yeah, you know, and what's really important about that is you are a person of wealth, you understand it, but you build it from the ground up and you really understand the value and the strength uh, and the power of what that can do if it's used for the for the right purposes. And um, you know, I <clears throat> I think that a lot of us that may have not been around wealth or grew up with or been involved in or high-velocity high wealth don't really, it's a whole different level of what you're dealing with oftentimes. Yeah. And unfortunately, I've been around a number of wealthy people, and, and, and unfortunately, a lot of them were not believers, and they led very pathetic lives. They had been through multiple marriages, their kids hate them. You know, they had all the money and the status and everything like that, but as we know, you know, you can't take that with you. It's all dust, so... That's what what you do in between the lines, you know, that dash in your life, right? (laughs) When they go to plant you. Hey, let's real briefly give give the folks out there a background on Roy and and this whole junkyard thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, I grew up working in our family business, which were junkyards. Hmm. And this is um, back in Santa Clara County, which we now know of as Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I was growing up, it was all cherry orchards and apricot trees. And my dad would buy a piece of land, put up a metal building, and uh, open a, a junkyard or a wrecking yard, as the family called it. Okay. We'd buy, we'd buy old cars, and uh, sometimes the insurance companies would sell them to us. Sometimes people would just drive them in and say, can you get rid of this thing for me? <laughs> and uh, we'd take the parts apart and uh, sell the parts. Right. Um, and so there's this uh, sense in which, in my youth, I grew up around the junkyard culture, mm-hmm. which is, as you might guess, a little gritty and messy and dirty and edgy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
You uh, just briefly tell a couple of stories, uh, you know, about the, uh, some, the some of the fun things you have. When you're going <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, I was just thinking about using the example of somebody driving up and, and asking us to take the car off their hands. This guy drove up one time and, and we saw him pull in from the road and pull up to the into the parking lot. He got out of the car. He turned off the keys and walked up and he goes over to my dad and he said, hey, what will you give me for the car? My dad looked at it and kind of went, well, it's not worth much, you know, but obviously it runs pretty good. Uh, you drove it here, so um, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, okay, <laughs> that sounds great. Um, so they work out the paperwork and the guy goes away with his hundred dollars. <laughs> well, at the end of the day, my dad tosses me the keys and he says, hey, can you take that car out there and just drive around back? I get in, I turn the key and absolutely nothing happens. So I assume <laughs> it's a dead battery. I open up the hood, there's no engine. It's gone. I mean, there, there was no engine in it. He must have had, like, his buddies push him into the parking lot, and then he coasted in to make it look like the thing was running. Uh, my dad had to admit that he'd been had on that one. Uh, but that kind of that sort of thing happened quite a bit. It made you both really respect people's creativity and also in some ways distrust people. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, you, you talked about Baptist. You grew up in a Baptist home, Roy? I did. Yeah? I did, yeah. So what kind of values did you get out of that, that upbringing? Uh, great question. You know, um, I am so thankful for that because uh, Monday through Friday for me during the school year was a nice typical middle class sort of leave at the beaver setting. Mm-hmm. You know, all my memories of childhood are in black and white. And then uh, Saturdays and, and summers, I was working at my dad's wrecking yard. Mm-hmm. Sundays, we went to this Baptist church, which was really an innovative and creative Baptist church for its day. Mm. And um, there was a true sense of openness to learning and discussion and conversation. Wow. And the pastors and the pastoral staff were just wonderful at nurturing my faith. Um, and I had parents that um, th- they found the right balance between this is what we believe and this is what we want you to wrestle with. Got it. Um, oh, wow. And, you know, when you're five years old, it's not so much about what you wrestle with. Right. But when you're 10 or 15, it is. Yeah, and they they were great at finding that balance. Yeah, it, 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 what a great environment, and also the fact that she grew up in that gritty, edgy kind of an environment that gave you a true understanding and a value of what hard work was, right? And yeah. uh, and some of the yeah. characters that you were around. Well, we'll get to that maybe a little bit more of that story here in the next segment. I can't believe we're blasted through this first segment already. Well, folks, as you know, um, I, and it's on our website, faithmarketplace.com. Uh, Are you looking for ways to increase your business? Are you hungry for business relationships that matter, that help you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually? Welcome to G7 Networking with Purpose, where we form relationships that lead to quality referrals and life transformation. Experience networking with others like-minded in spirit via monthly meetings that follow a powerful format that invites interaction and connection. Immerse yourself in the proprietary G7 app, sharing leads, prayer requests, and increased visibility. Get out there and check it out at uh, g7networking.com. Get out on my website. It's there also. I love Then text me at uh, my number here at 312-210-0603, and I'll be happy to give you more information. We're charting up chapters all over Chicagoland area. I can't believe it. We've got four on the line and a couple more that are coming down the pike. So you got to get on this train because it's leaving and God is all over this thing. I can't tell you how inspirational these meetings are and some of the, some of the miracle, the power that's coming out of this thing, especially some of the prayers that we are getting 
uh, answers for. So get out there and check it out at faithmarketplace.com. We're going to be right back with my special guest, Roy Goble. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, Roy Goble, a reoccurring guest. And I'm just thrilled because I, every time I talk to you, the islands, what's, what's that one about? Yeah, that's uh, our organization, Pathlight. Um, you can find it at pathlight.org. What uh, the story behind that is is really long. <laughs> yeah. So I'll save your your listeners uh, for the whole thing. But my wife and I found ourselves in Belize, in Central America, and an opportunity arose to help a bunch of students get through school. And so we started Pathlight as a sponsorship program, um, and it's it's faith based. It's about helping kids grow spiritually, academically. Um, as well as to develop uh, uh, competencies. Um, but it also has expanded to where we're now one of the largest teacher training programs in all of Belize. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. God bless. Yeah, we, wow. we trained thousands and thousands of teachers. Um, it's, it's, okay. it's remarkable because I don't have any background in education. Um, so this is entirely a God thing. It's just wonderful. To you see. got that junkyard education. What are you talking about? Come on. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hey, let's yeah. talk a little bit about global uh, uh, global properties uh, because I think that's uh, at least from a background standpoint, letting people know that how you built this organization. When, you know, with your father starting with junkyards and building it out. So, why don't you share with that uh, the audience what went on there, and then we can get into what the ideal client is and everything else for you guys. Yeah, so we started the company um, actually 75 years ago. Wow. Uh, we, we celebrated 75 years um, last summer. and um, But uh, it started as a series of junkyards. And, um, you know, this was when land was cheap and you could buy something and then buy some cheap cars and start mm-hmm. selling the parts. Um, I was in college and my dad came to me and said, you know, your older brother is doing a great job running the, uh, the junkyards. Um, but there's a lot of value in this land now. And, um, we had to think about starting a real estate company to develop this. So when I got out of college, I joined my dad and it was literally just the two of us with a phone between us and our knees touching each other at the desk. And um, we started um, Global Properties, which does uh, real estate development and focused on industrial property and specifically focused on industrial properties for small tenants. Mm. We were doing that exactly as what we all call Silicon Valley was becoming Silicon Valley. Wow. Wow. So there there was a big transition from fruit and and orchards and all of that to microchips. Wow. Wow. Yeah, you've seen quite a bit out there, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Aren't they mar- growing microchips on those fruit trees anymore? <laughs> you think they could have. Yeah, they're probably working on a technology to do that. Now. I'm sure they are. So uh, what's an ideal client or target audience for you guys uh, with these things? I'm uh, I'm kind of getting this thing like a are, are these uh, one level kind of, uh, you know, um, Shopping center kind of things, or are they actually built? Uh, you know, commercial buildings. What, what what all are the properties about? Yeah, we've dabbled in everything. Um, okay, we currently have one retail center. 
Okay. Um, and, but most of our stuff is uh, what we would call industrial multi-tenant. Ah, um, okay. We've had all kinds of stuff. We've been in the housing market. We've done hotels, a bunch of different things. Got it. But our real bread and butter comes down to the mom and pop business that is has established a company and has said, hey, this is working for us, but we got to move out of our garage. There you or go. We, okay. we got to move out of our living room or wherever. Okay. And so we provide affordable space for them that they can move into. So a lot of our tenants are taking, say, something even as small as 1,000 square feet or 2,000 square feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and they most of them only have one or two employees. Now, we have some big national tenants as well. Sure. Um, but, but most of our uh, our tenants, most of our uh, base client is the mom and pop business that's just out of their garage and trying to make it go over. Got it. Um, we love that business. Yes. Yeah. We relate to it. You know, that's that's kind of our model and our experience, too. So um, obviously doing that, you're helping them solve some problems, obviously space, because they got to get out of the house. What else? What kind of what other kind of things are you helping them solve? Well, I have 40 years of experience doing this now. And what I have found is that those tenants tend to come to us with questions about how to help their business. Mm. Okay. And this happened a lot during the pandemic. It, oh, I mean, I it still happens now, of course, and it happened mm-hmm. before the pandemic, but during the pandemic, they came to us. We are often their biggest expense other than payroll. Um, we're often their base, biggest expense. So they'd come to us with a um, attitude of ready to negotiate, negotiate tough. Um, but we knew how they were struggling. Right. And so we, we wanted to help them thrive even in the midst of the pandemic. Okay. Uh, so we worked with a lot of tents doing that. Can I tell you one quick story? Yeah, about sure. That? Absolutely. So there's this guy that comes to us and says, look, I'm, he's in his fifties. He's never done anything except own his own business. Mm. And, and he said, this is the first time in my life. I might not be able to pay the rent. Wow. Wow. And he goes, I don't know what to do. He goes, I burned through my savings. The business is shut down because of all the quarantine stuff and everything else. He goes, I don't know what to do. And he was on the verge of tears asking us to help. Mm. So we did. We stepped in and said, all right, we're going to um, defer some of your rent. We're going to cancel some of your rent. We're going to help you with some of the marketing. We're going to find people to help you kind of think through how to pivot your company. Mm. Wow. And hey, I, I just saw him yesterday. His business is thriving. He's oh doing great. God, praise the Lord. Wow. Yeah. Is that also been kind of a ministry or kind of a discipleship type oh, of opportunity? Absolutely it has. Absolutely. Yeah. When you model that kind of generosity and, and frankly, when you model that kind of love for others, right? Um, people can't help but go, What's what's unique here? What's what's right. happening here? So it opens up all kinds of conversations like that. Yeah, you know, it, you know, it's it's kind of interesting to me uh, perspective perception versus reality. Uh, I've been in several conversations here uh, in the last couple of weeks, uh, kind of helping people understand that there's a lot going on, and what's published and what is real are two different things. And you and I have had that conversation, especially about California and you know Silicon Valley and all that. And I've been sharing with people that, it, you know, every tech company out there in Silicon Valley has a Bible study group. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I got a young lady yeah. that's with, uh, with um, 
what's the new what's the new name for Facebook? Um, oh um, yeah, Meta. Meta. Yeah, she's with Meta Global. Okay, yeah. and she's yeah. setting up Bible studies in, in groups like this. You know, within uh, within Meta. <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah. and, and and people are shocked. They're shocked when I tell them that. It's like they're yeah. in total disbelief, yeah. and I say, you know. You know there's there's stuff going on that we're you know, what the press is reporting and all this other crap is a bunch of nonsense. I loved one of the yeah. phrases you said. I said, you know, what makes your business, uh, you know, unique? I always ask people, what makes your business unique? And you wrote you wrote something back that was pretty <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> uh oh! Now you're asking me. Remember, what did I say? Oh my god! Yeah, said, well, <laughs> you know, you you said open and candid, you know, and. Uh, uh. You know, that yeah. type of thing. So share, share that with the audience. I think I yeah, thought it was really cool. So, um, I, I actually think, you know, we're, we're landlords. Right? right. We do real right. estate development, but then we keep the buildings. Right. So we become landlords. And everybody loves to hate their landlords. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know? um, so we have found that um, by just simply being open and candid and even vulnerable, yep. um, people actually love. Of, uh, working with us. I won't use the profanity to describe that. Right, exactly. It's a, it's a no-nonsense approach, and right. you can fill in your words there as you fit. Um, but it's 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 a, uh, it's just being honest and transparent with people. Right. Um, that is so unique. It is for, unique. Oh, brother, I got to tell you, that is so And I am very privileged here in Chicago that my landlord of the office space I had, and I had to cut back and do all that stuff too, is a fellow Christian. Matter of fact, he's been on the show. And yeah. so, uh, boy, talk about grace-filled and everything. I, you know, and I evangelize the, 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 this property all over the place because it's shared office mm-hmm. space. And as you know, we took a pretty big hit here in Chicago, as other people did. Yeah. But uh, I've, I've actually gotten him a couple of tenants now because I, I said, you, got, you ain't going to find anybody fair and you're not going to find anybody that's as professional in what these guys do. And, uh, you know, I, I just really love that, you know, love that about that. But you're right, Roy. You know, it's not that hard today to be better. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's so much bad out there, <laughs> especially yeah. when it comes to customer service and other. I, I don't want you to get off that diatribe, you know, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, unbelievable. Hey, I, folks, I'm proud to welcome Inbound Studio as a sponsor of Faith Marketplace. They have generously provided their talent expertise to develop and maintain the Faith Marketplace website. Please get out there and check it out. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission to help small, mid-sized businesses be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. With that vast experience, Inbound Studios builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. As a result, the company has evolved into a premier provider of web technology services in the Midwest. Go out there and check it out for me, please. Inboundstudio.studio. Again, that's inboundstudio.studio. Well, Roy, we're going to have to come back here in a little bit, and we got to tease our audience about what we're going to be talking about. So I got, I got a big tease for him because this is your second book, the follow-on to the first book. What was the first book? Uh, I wrote a book called Salvaged, Leadership okay. Lessons. Uh, pulled from the junkyard. Okay, so folks, you got to come back and stay tuned because you're not going to know the title of the new one and what he's got for you, but unless you come back, okay? So there, we're going to come back here with my guest, Roy Goble, all the way from Silicon Valley. 
And uh, he's got special story. You know, if you didn't get the first book thing, you got to get out there and get the first book, Lessons You Learned from a Junkyard. I love it. <laughs> We're going to be right back. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, Roy Goble. Um, he has uh, Goble Properties. He's also an author, a speaker, a podcaster. I mean, he's, uh, is there anything you don't do, Roy? Too many Christmas. Has a charity down in Belize. So, uh, Roy, i got to ask you here, you know, what do you give God praise for in your business? Oh, man. You know, um, I mentioned earlier, we celebrated 75 years last year. Mm -hmm. And in the middle of the pandemic, the summer of 2021, um, we we had a breakout here in California and, the, you know, things opened back up and masks were off and so forth. So we, we threw a party for the all the employees and their families. And I tell you, I am so thankful that we have a 75-year history mm. of, of serving our employees, serving our community, um, serving our tenants and, and our, our, our clients, uh, the contractors we work with, everybody. Um, and when everybody else was worried about um, businesses failing and falling apart and so forth, we had a record year. Wow, and I, I, I got to tell you, Bob, that was a God thing. I'm not yeah. smart enough to pull that off. Yeah. <laughs> and and we gave at this party. Nobody knew this was going to happen except my CFO. Mm -hmm. And um, at the party, we gave every one of our employees, whether they're minimum wage or all the way up to the CFO himself, mm -hmm. we gave every one of them for the 75th anniversary seventy five hundred dollars and seventy five dollars and seventy five cents. Oh my so we, goodness! They, wow, got to check seventy-five, seventy-five point seventy-five. I love it, man. That's great. That's awesome. We gave, it to, we gave it to every single one of them, and there were tears and celebration and joy, and um, you know, some of some of our employees just had kids, and you know, they were saying this is going to the college fund. I mean, it was it was just fabulous, and I'm so thankful that God could let us be generous that way. You know, God bless you, man. What a model that is. You know, in modeling, you know, the love. I talk about it all the time. You know, what do you do for, you know, how do you show Christ to your employees, your vendors, and your customers? You know, what are the kind of things that you do? And, you know, it's, it's interesting to me how a lot of people, oftentimes when I've had those conversations, they're hiding the light under a basket. People don't even know they're a Christian, you know? Yeah. And it's not to say they got to go out and evangelize and pound their chest and, hey, look at me, I'm a Christian, because then you get really kind of, you know, some pushback. But it, it's modeling, it's walking it, because all eyes are on, and especially with young people today, they're watching the walk. So if you're a professed Christian, you better be walking it, because that's the thing that's going to impress them. That's the thing that will draw them nearer to you. It did for me. You know my story. You yeah. know, in the desert for 36 years, it was three guys that I was drawn to, and I didn't even know they were Christians. You know, I, I, it just mm -hmm. was something different about these people, about the way they walked, how they treated them, you know, the employees, uh, people, they, how they talk to people. Their family life, it was just all that kind of thing. So God bless you, Roy. That's great that you were able to do that, too, with your employees that have 
been with you for seven. That's a that's quite a history. That's a legacy, buddy. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, that is yeah. really good. Hey, well, let's dive into the book, okay? Because I know we're. I'm okay. just itching to get into that. So the first book. Let's just refresh everybody's memory. First book that you mentioned, right? Salvaged. Uh, just briefly, right. what what was the inspiration for that book? Well, as you know, you've probably picked up on by now. I have a lot of stories from from the junkyard days, right? And also from construction sites and so forth. And I've been in leadership all of my life um, because it's a family business. So yep. I was kind of thrust into it, whether I want to do or not. And I, I realized I could write a really fun book where it has a fun, interesting, even laugh out loud type story, right. followed by a, a leadership lesson and how that leadership lesson is paralleled somewhere in scripture. Yep. So that's that's the book, Salvage. It's 31 pretty easy to read chapters. It sure um, is. Hopefully it's laugh out loud. Yep. So what's the inspiration for the next book here, which is uh, titled Junkyard Wisdom Rebuilt? What's, what's, about, what's that about? Right. So this is a book about my wife, Dion, and I and our journey um, from sort of the junkyard background to success. Mm. And um, you know, she came from a very modest background. Um, uh, and when we were married, you know, we were driving old cars, living in a piece of garbage of a, a house. Um, you know, we're, we're struggling to make it like a lot of young couples. Mm-hmm. But in a very short period of time, I found real financial success. Mm-hmm. And um, at one point, I can remember the moment, actually. At one point, I realized this success is in many ways starting to pull us away from God, pull Ooh. us away from others, wow. and build walls between us and others. Mm. Um because the wealthier you get, the more you want to build those walls to protect that wealth. Yep. Um, and it, we, we joke that it was, it, some people had midlife crisis. We had a quarter life crisis. Yeah. We were, in our, we were in our late 20s. And we said, okay, we are going to intentionally live so that this wealth is truly to God's honor. And we're not going to take that path towards just giving it all away and go live with the poor, nor are we going to take the path of let's let's just be triumphalist here and say this is all God's plan. That's why we're rich. Right. It's a, it's a more narrow path down the middle between those two. Mm. And so the book, the book is um, is written as that story about how we have tried and often failed to do that. Mm. Wow. So uh, just to just to whet their appetites a little bit. Um, walking that narrow path, like you, you're talking about, what was the guidepost for that? I mean, was there any any anything out there that g- gave you a little bit of a guidepost or a map how to do some of this stuff, or you, you yeah, just kind of yeah, do it I on your I, own? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I did a lot of reading and a lot of talking to people, and okay. you know, curiously, there was a book. Um, you may remember um, Richard Foster's yeah. book about spiritual disciplines. And he wrote a book about the, um, I, 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 I apologize, I can't remember the title of the yeah. book. It was on simplicity. And mm. I remember reading that book and realizing that there was a way to practice simplicity while simultaneously understanding your, your role as a wealth creator. Mm. And, and that helped so much. Um, um, and it, it kind of pushed me in that direction of, Finding that balance between the two. Wow. Um, I also had a wonderful dad. He was my boss for 25 years up until the day he passed. We had offices side by side. And he came from that junkyard background. He also was uh, very successful. 
So mm-hmm. the, the, the two of us would talk and share notes, and he was a strong believer. And it was just a great opportunity to, to learn from, from my dad and from an older, wiser man. Yeah, that's fabulous. And, you know, and obviously you're traveling in circles with, uh, with some high wealth people. You rubbed elbows with them, that kind of thing. What are, the, what are the things that you're seeing that is the most common mistake some of these folks are making? Well, it, I, I would say the most common mistake is to believe that the wealth is, is their achievement. Mm. Uh, you know, there's, there is, um, even if they verbalize, Hey, um, you know, this is because of God's blessing, which actually I just did earlier on this show, right? right. I said, this is all God's blessing. Even when we verbalize that, there's still not little pieces. You're right. <laughs> that makes you proud. Well, you right? got to You got to help God, you know, he just doesn't do it all by, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you do have a yeah. role in this, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, for some of us, we fight it and resist it as best as we can. Right. A lot of people don't fight or resist it at all. Yeah. And that's a big Yeah. It's, and that's pride. You know, that's one of my biggest sins. That's what I pray about every day. Ken Blanchard gave me a great prayer, prayer many years ago. God, take the eye out of me, fill me with you, yeah. and cloak me yeah. with humility. And I got to tell you, it works, but I got to say it a lot, you know, because <laughs> that, yeah. that's one of my, yeah. my, my failings. Hey, listen, before I get away here, let's talk, let, uh, let the people know how they can get at least a snippet of this book out there. How are they going to do that, Roy? You got to get to your website. Right, so we're going to put up on um, the, uh, the website is junkyardwisdom.com. Okay. And we're going to put up um, a free chapter there for okay. people to download and take a look and read it and see if they uh, if they like it or not. And when's um, it going to be available actually, on Amazon? It's going to be available on Amazon, right, or not? Yeah, it's available for pre-order, and it'll be released on June 2nd. Okay. So get out there at Roy's site. What's the site again? Junkyardwisdom.com. Okay, junkyardwisdom.com. Uh, check it out, get in there, and also get on the pre-order list, okay? Because this thing, I got to tell you, that first book was hilarious. I can only imagine what this book is going to be about, especially giving us some wisdom around what he's talking about. Well, Roy, I always love to uh, end our segment here in a, a couple things. What words of wisdom would you have given to your younger self? And I love, I love you made me laugh out loud when you put some of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad I'm glad I make you laugh. I mean, that's part yeah. of my, my my goal in life. Yeah. Right? Um, so yeah, if, if uh, words of wisdom to my younger self, wear your sunscreen. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to the, the, the dermatologist constantly and, and she's saying, what did you do to your skin when you were young? Um, so yeah, wear your sunscreen. That's okay. her first bit of advice. Yeah. Um, the second bit, more seriously, is learn to love and embrace contradiction. Mm. Um, you know, we, we live in a world, a very confusing and chaotic world sometimes, where it's really difficult to find um, uh, truth mm-hmm. um, because it, we're, we're constantly forced to choose between left and right, black and white, yeah. uh, yes and no. And sometimes I think God shows up in the gray area. <laughs> yep, And that's where we wrestle with uh, with God and learn from God. Yeah. So I would I would uh, in, encourage people to embrace the contradiction. And All right. And then last but not least, what's fun, interesting, and cool about Roy? <laughs> uh, well, depends who you ask. Not much if you ask my wife. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I talk about junkyards all the time, and I love old cars. And people assume that I'm good at fixing things. But 
<laughs> it, it's, it's so wrong. I am terrible at fixing things because they have to understand in the junkyard, we bought cars and tore them apart and then <laughs> sold the parts to the people that right. actually fixed things. Right. So I, I never fixed anything. I just know how to tear things apart. I love it. Well, folks, you got to stay tuned because Roy and I are going to come back here on the next segment. We're going to roundtable a mystery subject. So you got to come back to find out what it is we're going to roundtable. As you can tell, I'm having fun, and I think Roy is too. He makes me laugh out loud. So come back and join us again in your next segment. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with Roy Goble, Goble Enterprises out of Silicon Valley. He's an author, he's a podcaster, and all kinds of great stuff like that. But what's really cool is his new book that's coming out, you know, Junkyard Wisdom Rebuilt. And a lot of it has to do about stewarding money and stewarding wealth. So, Roy, you know, this is a tough job. You talked about that narrow, you know, thing that you had to walk between these two things, right, the pull on that. So what words or what what kind of things can you tell us about, maybe a couple things out of the book, but, you know, how can, how can people really discern how to be a good steward of wealth? Yeah, well, I, I got to tell you a story to start yep. by answering that question. Um, I had mentioned Richard Foster before, and I, I – uh, Fast, I read his book in the early 80s, fast forward into, uh, I guess it was late 90s or so. And I'm actually sitting down at a, at a table with him and talking to him. And there's, a, there's an image that he writes in the book about the wealth are actually uh, living at the very gates of hell. Mm. And what he was saying there is that the temptations around a person of wealth are immense. Right. And so we're sitting there and he's talking about this and I'm thinking about it. And then finally, I, I look up at him and I smile and I go, you know, the other thing about that, too, is that every now and then we run through the gates, go into hell and come roaring back out in a brand new Maserati. And he just died laughing. He thought that was the funniest image. And he goes, I wish you'd have been there to write that part of it for my book. Um, but I think there's this constant temptation that we're surrounded with. And and. You know, you you had used the word earlier about guideposts, and what is it that guides us through that kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you actually you gave the answer to that question because if if there's an I in the answer to that, yeah, then it's probably wrong. Yeah, and um, I have found that uh, generosity works miracles. First yep. of all, I agree. Um, constantly working on your humility is critical. Mm. Um, I, I say in the book, you have to begin by viciously attacking your ego. Mm. That's where it begins. You have to viciously attack your ego. Mm-hmm. And then a second step that I follow is you also have to shut up and listen. <laughs> um, I mean, th- I those of it. us, those of us that are wealthy, yep. especially those of us that are self-made, have a big ego. Yep. And if you if you align that ego to drive you, you think you can solve every problem. Um, right. And you think you have something smart to say about everything, and it's just so much better if you just shut up and listen. Yeah, you know it's funny so when I, 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 I lectured down, uh, have lectured at University of Wisconsin or University of Chicago and Northwestern, and I only had about forty five minutes. And you know the the professor always, you know, 
Bob, give them something they can take home with them, you know, kind of thing. And yeah. and I, I got to tell you, these are these are basic life lessons. And you said one of those things. And I said, if there's anything else you take out of this today, there's only two things that you need to know in life and in sales. Right? Ask great questions and shut up and listen. <laughs> <laughs> God good. gave you two ears and one mouth. Use them in those proportions, you know. Yeah, and yeah. and it's tough. It's really, really tough, you know. Particularly when you've ascended to a, a you know, and all eyes are on you. Let's face it. When you build wealth yeah. and you're recognized like that, you're held up on a pedestal. Uh, who who amongst us wouldn't feel like they were pumping themselves up or be you know godlike almost, you know, uh, right. and then be able to come down and be humble about that. Uh, that takes a lot of energy. That takes a lot of intentionality to do that, Roy. And, uh, you know, I, I got to believe that there was a lot of prayer involved in that for you, or there still is. <laughs> yeah, there was, and there still is. You're right. And yeah. um, it, it, it's a constant battle. It doesn't go away. Yeah. I mean, you, you talked about speaking in a, in a college setting, in an academic setting. Um, young people ask me that all the time. They yeah. want the silver bullet that solves all their problems. And I go, Guys, I'm in my 60s and still struggling with these same questions. Yep. It doesn't go away. Yeah, it doesn't go away. Uh, yeah, as I tell people, you know, with all this gray hair now and, and at my tender age, you know, I finally understand what my gra- grandfather was talking about as far as wisdom. I'm not the smartest guy in the room anymore, <laughs> you know, <laughs> number yeah. one. I gotten over myself. <laughs> and number three, I know where to go get the answer now. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> That's the secret of wisdom, you know, where to go get the answer and yeah. uh, and and do that. Uh, have there been any kind of mentors or people that you've seen that really you you've looked at and have been a bit of a, a guide for you or a mentor or a coach or somebody that you've seen has has done a pretty good job of managing their wealth? Well, as far as somebody that really manages their wealth, um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to name names, right? Because, okay, um, they're, they're they're confidential people, or right. you know, they prefer to be in the quiet. But I know several CEOs of large corporations, you mm-hmm. know, Fortune 500 level corporations. And um, I am fortunate that they've been uh, honest with me and mm-hmm. in many ways transparent. And they've shown me um, not so much how they budget. I mean, it's not right. like they opened up their checkbook or anything. But they've shown me and modeled for me what it means to truly be generous. Uh-huh. And these are people that are not household names, but right. could be. right. And they could have whole wings of the hospital or the or the college named after them, but they don't do that. Right. Um, yeah. And that's a real, real remarkable thing. I was actually um, talking with Guy Kawasaki, who's yep. sort of a legend in Silicon Valley. Yep. And Guy talked about how he very specifically has decided he will never give to anything that has his name on it. Ah, very good. And, um, we ended up laughing, saying, okay, um, so what about if it were a urinal and Salesforce tower? Would you go with that? <laughs> and he laughed and said, okay, I'll put my name on that. That seems appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I tell you, I love Guy Kawasaki. I use him in a lot of in my training and some of the illustrations that I use because, uh, you know, as I, I understand it is, he, he's, I've seen him speak a number of times. He talked about the only claim to fame he had, you know, from his days at Apple was the fact that he worked for Steve Jobs twice. He was only one of a couple yeah. people. And also that he was, he got, you know, why I talk about him is that he's the guy that created Apple evangelism. You know, with the Macintosh computer. He is the guy. It wasn't Steve Jobs. It was him. And also, I love his 
his coaching and his uh, talk about uh, PowerPoint presentations, right? <laughs> it should be no yeah. more than 12 pages. Uh, you know, use as many pictures as possible. He actually taught Steve how to do a, how to give a presentation. And number and the right. third one I thought was absolutely hilarious. He said the, uh, the uh, type size of the fonts on, that you use on your PowerPoint should be the average age of your audience. <laughs> and boy i'll tell you is that coming true for me man is that coming true for me because you know i got older eyes now and man i'm i'm sitting to look at this little bitty mouse type now and i'm going where's where's the how do you adjust this thing how do i get it up because i can't read this stuff anymore you know it's like hilarious it's like crazy well that's great what's been the biggest challenge for you through all of this you know stewarding this wealth what do you think is the biggest challenge ben I actually think um, your your just your previous question is one of the biggest challenges, yeah. and that is finding people to be mentors in this. Mm. You know, it, it it's really difficult to find wealthy people with the time and the energy to guide a younger generation. Mm. And uh, they're busy. I mean, yep. they're they're amongst the busiest people in the world. Yep. And um, I complained about this for decades to the point where my wife was like. Do we need to move and go someplace else where there are other people like you that you can learn from? Right. Um, and it took me a long time to find men and women that could speak into my life about what what wealth meant and how to handle. It. Yeah, because it's a whole different it's a whole different level, you know. Yeah. Because people just can't fathom that, or you know, out there every day just trying to you know put food on the table and put in your house. They, they think that everybody you know wealthy people got it made, and to a large degree they do. They don't suffer some from some of the same things, but. At the same time, like I said before, I've I've really met some very lonely, very shallow, very very, you know, people that just didn't have a life because of of money. It just ruined them, you know. So, I can't believe we're out of time already, Roy. We could go on for another. I really appreciate you so much. Thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate that. Listen, uh, folks, great to be here. we're on every, every Saturday noon to 1 o'clock here on AM 1160 here in Chicago. I told you, get out there and download the app. You can hear us anywhere in the world. I know Roy's plugging in every Saturday to listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to get out there and check out our website and all of our podcasts, all the previous shows. We're going to be back next Saturday noon to 1 o'clock here on AM 1160. Hope for your life. Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.